Welcome to Real and Raw. Your story is your medicine. The podcast with Letizia. Welcome everyone to another episode of Real and Raw. Your story is your medicine. And I'm very, very excited because today I have a very beautiful and special person here on the podcast. Her name is Steph. And um, yeah, we basically met like one and a half years ago. I'm going to go into that um, a bit later. But um, yeah, just a little bit about Steph. Like she is such a beautiful, inspiring person. And she is a writer, a facilitator of sacred spaces. And a beautiful, beautiful singer. Her voice is like a voice of angels. And yeah, that's actually how we met, <laughs> like singing. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was one and a half years ago. And um, yeah, it was in Bali in a kirtan. And yeah, I'm not going to go into that more. I want to introduce first Steph so you can come in and like share a bit more about yourself. And yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. And you know what? I actually forgot that we met at Kirtan. That's so beautiful and perfect. And both of us are really, I think, since that time. Oh, no, I was doing it before. But in any case, like both of us are, 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 are singing and offering Kirtan now Ex as well. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I remember because that was in March 2020. It was like, I don't know, like what day was like, yeah, probably like the 15th, 16th of March or something like that when the whole world shut down. And I remember the energy was so weird. And we went to our friend's place and had a kirtan. And I'm so grateful that I was invited there because I met you. And, and I remember when you like took the guitar and started to sing. And I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. And, and yeah, like also then afterwards, it was it was so nice because you were one of these persons that I connected with right away and then we saw each other again like a few days later in a restaurant and yeah I, it was like this instant connection and I remember we talked about spirituality and also like that embodied spirituality that it's like very difficult also to encounter nowadays I believe that you know like there's so much of this spiritual bypassing, spiritual materialism. And so it was so, um, yeah, so nice to talk to a person who you could feel, okay, she's doing the work. She's not just talking about that, but like you're really doing the work. And that was so, yeah, so enriching. And so, yeah. Mm. Mm, mm. I, I remember feeling absolutely the same. And it's, I think it's this beautiful, capacity of recognition you know when we really when we meet another who is also walking a really open-hearted and humble and embodied path there's just because I mean it's like the co-regulation thing right like my nervous system is feeling your nervous system and it's just like yep this one's clean <laughs> this one's a yes <laughs> this one's a hell yes <laughs> oh my god totally it's so amazing I just got chills all over my body when you just said that yes totally <laughs> that's so beautiful <laughs> And yeah, actually, I wanted, you know, like, if you want, you can introduce yourself also a little bit, like talk a little bit about yourself, you know, maybe share like where you are, where you're coming from mm. and yeah. Sure. So I'm originally from Brussels and uh, I've had a long kind of, how long, 20 year, really 20 year exploration of trying to find a place that feels like home to my soul. And and it happened uh, a year ago. I, I finally came to Devon, which is the land of my paternal ancestors. And, um, and I just knew instantly. It was like the land recognized me. This is where I belong. This is my home. Like I have been missing from this land. So that's still, I'm still really with the glory of that every day. I just can't believe it yet. I can't believe I get to live here in <laughs> this place. And, uh, and there's a lot of like-minded tribe and it's, it's, it's just incredible. And, and because of that, of course, you know, when we when we really align in life with where we're meant to be on the inner planes and the outer, crazy shit starts happening. Right? Like everything starts really getting activated and flowing and you come into this kind of central channel um, of, of, of alignment with with your you know your higher self or soul whatever you want to call it and your purpose and things start speeding up and anyway so that's kind of 
with the context of what I'm in now, where it really feels like I'm 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 poised for the next step on my path, and it feels like it's going to be very different from the other steps and kind of some some place of integration where where and fruition is what it feels like so it's very I'm I'm, I'm on that edge of like I have no idea what's mm-hmm. coming but I know that it's just going to be absolutely incredible and it's so exciting <laughs> so so this is this is where I'm at in the context of the insanity of the times that we live in right <laughs> <laughs> So, but the two exist in me simultaneously mm. so mm. <laughs> yeah beautiful thank you so much and I'm just curious because like how you actually was how were you brought to Devon like what was that like I guess you had like a feeling or were you just like oh I just want to go there to explore or what was it I mean, I, I'd say it was a few things. Firstly, it really was the last item on a long list of places that I thought might feel like home. Mm. <laughs> Because I was here, I was in the UK for university. It's the only time I lived in the UK. And it wasn't a great experience in some ways. It was great in others. But I, I left and I was like, I'm never living on that island again. So I, I really had kind of trauma around my belongingness in England which I didn't really realize that that was a proper trauma until like last summer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm half British and that half British part is English and Irish, but, um, and there's, yeah, this, this quest of belonging. So I have a cancer North node, so it's very much like <laughs> this incarnation, but anyway, um, yeah. And I had done some, um, what do they call it again? Um, astrocartography mm. a few years ago as well to sort of see like what what places would be good a good match for me and Devon had a, a really high rating um, and and you know there's something there's something about the land here that it feels very and it, and it looks similar to Ireland and to Scotland and I grew up I spent a lot I mean a fair amount of time in Ireland growing up because my grandparents lived there so we went there twice a year mm. and um, and and I have a very particular relationship with the land there and there's and and I always I was only in Devon once briefly as a teenager but I felt the same it's like it's like a, like something that pulls on on my entrails you know it's like something that in my gut it, it feels like I'm being pulled into the earth mm. and it's, it's I remember feeling that as a really young child when in Ireland we we get to the airport start driving south and as soon as I could see the land I would get that that pulling feeling you know and 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 in later years I was like yeah what like what is that there's just kind of a normal thing for me when I go to Ireland and it's anyway it's I still don't really have an answer for that mm. but you know I could hypothesize but anyway it's the same thing here and there's there's just this sense that the the land here is still so much more alive than it is in most of Western Europe And the implications of that, right? And that there, you know, I have an extremely sensitive sensing um, system, and I just I pick up on a lot that I, I don't know what I'm picking up on, but I guess that there's something there as well. And I I knew that that was here. I knew that in this landscape, I would I I always feel the magic. I'm I'm never not connected to the magic, and you know, but but here it's like it's so in your face. Mm. It is so so loud, you know. And, and that for me is just, yeah. So I definitely, there was definitely a sense of inner calling. It was just interfered with by my resistance to going back to England. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's so beautiful. And also it resonates so much. Well, first I wanted to sh- say something because every time when I, um, you know, watch your stories or also the, po- the pictures you post of the nature where you're at, it's like, I can totally feel that you belong there. It's like, you can see like that you're one with the land and, you know, and also, because I find it so beautiful because I'm also like very much like, I'm like nature for me is like, it's just everything. And, and then seeing that also in another person who also connects to, to, to the, the trees, to, to the land, the way you do, it's just so beautiful. And yeah. And, and also because it really resonates with me because it was kind of the same for me of, I mean, I'm from Switzerland. I was born and raised here. And I mean, I'm half Swiss, half Italian, but I never lived really in Italy. And I always had this very like, ooh, very weird relationship to Switzerland. 
I, I never felt at home. It just felt like something was off. And then I, you know, like left it a few, uh, like many years ago, have lived abroad for many years. And then last year as well, I had this really strong calling of like, it's time to go back. And it's like, what? And so then I arrived here and I was like, oh my God. And now like what, what changed, I think, of course, obviously I'm a different person and I now connect to the land. It's not so much anymore because before there was all these stories about all the people or whatever. And now it's like, I connect to the land, to nature. And it's just something so different. It's so deep. It's like, you cannot really explain it. Right. And so, yeah, that was, I love how it was, how it's for you. And it, again, like, I really feel like that's so like such a deep resonance. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I, you know, I, when I got here, I had this really immediate impulse that I need to, uh, or that I am apprenticed to the land, mm. you know, mm. it, 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 and I can't explain this in any kind of rational way, but there's this really strong sense that, that the land, the landscape and the land encodes something that I need to harvest. Yeah. And I, I and I'm like, well, I'm going to stay here like as long as it takes to do that, you know, yeah. and I don't know what that looks like. But it's like there's, there's such a strong sense that there's something here for me in this landscape that is going to that is necessary for for my evolution in this incarnation. Yeah. Yeah, totally, for sure, for sure. Yeah, wow, that's so amazing. And I and I must admit, I remember like last year when you decided, when you told me, oh, I'm going back to Europe. I was like, no, don't leave. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I finally yeah, yeah. found someone. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah. And anyways, it's just so beautiful, beautiful and like so uh, amazing to know, like, you know, you're still there, even though we're not in the same place, but you're still there. And like, especially <laughs> I feel like right now, like having these sorts of connections is like, is everything right mm -hmm. and so yeah mm -hmm. but I love that I love that um what you shared that you have that you feel like that's really for your highest good right now that's what you there's something obviously for your soul's evolution and yeah and talking about that um I would like to also ask you like obviously like you have you're a very spiritual person and but I would like to know like what is also like how has it been for you like has it always been like that or has it been over the course of the years that you found this um, connection to, you know, to spirituality or the source to God? And yeah, I'd like to know more. Mm. Oh, it's my favorite question. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so it's changed an awful lot over the years. It has continued to evolve and shift and, you know, quite radically occasionally, but um, the connection has always been very present for me, but I didn't have words for it when I was a kid because I did not grow up in a spiritually, well, I didn't grow, yeah, I didn't grow up in a family where there was any kind of overt spirituality. So my parents have really beautiful values and I would say that they live, they live as very, you know, integrated, uh, good people, um, but there was no, there was no spirituality. There was no religion. There was no talk of any of that, <laughs> of any existential questions. Um, and yeah, so for me, the primary way in which I experienced the connection was in nature. You know, it's always been that for me. Nature is my first home. And, um, and I grew up really being outside an awful lot and particularly in forests <laughs> so the forest is like absolutely my mm. first home yeah I, I feel like I was raised by the forest <laughs> and um yeah I totally and... see you in the forest I mean like that's just you are <laughs> part of the forest like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so yeah so and I you know I remember as a kid I remember asking my dad questions about you know the universe and and the, you know the stars and the galaxy and like what's beyond that and whatever and like quite young and my dad answering uh, you know relatively well in a in an embracing of the not knowingness mm -hmm. and the lack you know our inability to understand infinity and you know and how can there be no beginning or you know what is the beginning and um and I was always really yeah, I mean, my favorite books were, you know, ghost stories, anything about the paranormal, anything unexplained, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and 
And then when I was a teenager, I started um, experimenting with Wicca, with Celtic mm -hmm. paganism. And I didn't ever embrace the whole God, goddess as actual beings thing. But I was like, well, these are representing aspects of the natural world. I can work with this. <laughs> but it got me into ceremony and ritual and, um, and magic, you know, working with energy which, you know, I have a very different perspective on now, but in any case, that's what I was doing as a teenager. And then I was, I was doing like telepathy experiments with my friends, which was really, really cool as well. Um, and, and, then, and then I went to university and I, I had a massive existential meltdown, um, really strong anxiety and depression. And I started meditating because I had heard somewhere that meditation was good if you were looking for peace. Mm -hmm. So I got into meditation and, um, you know, and then because of that Buddhism, you know, started reading a lot of you know, books by the Dalai Lama and what mm -hmm. have you and decided that I really needed to become a better person and started, you know, also shaming aspects of myself that, yeah, where the shadow is more in evidence, let's say, but, um, you know, aspects of wholeness so that in some ways some of that is still being unpacked now mm. you know because the, of course in in buddhism there's the you know the non-attachment and the like let's just be in peace and harmony and compassion and all of this and it's like well i'm a very compassionate person already um and then if i you know that like that messaging of like you shouldn't judge you shouldn't mm. be angry you shouldn't you know <laughs> so that had kind of a detrimental effect but in the meantime the peace thing really worked so that was cool mm. um and i had a really strong meditation practice and then in my 30s i hit 30 and it was just like boom like the earth tradition earth-based traditions just started calling really loudly again so then i started getting into shamanism and plant medicine and drumming and <laughs> you know um yeah much more much more earth-based again and then sort of mid-30s although it, well it already started a little bit in my early 30s I did the course in miracles mm -hmm. um and that had a really profound impact on my understanding of the divine because I was meditating a lot and I was having pretty cool experiences in my meditation practice um and then I started bringing in this um I, I would say that the main thing that shifted for me was this idea of the divine as being impersonal. So the universe, I always referred to it as the universe. Yeah. And then I, I started having these experiences of this, you know, this ground of being, um, not being impersonal, mm. that there, there was suddenly a personal flavor in there. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? Mm. What is this? And I mean, that's a radical that, you know, now it's nearly 10 years ago and that's, that's, that's a radical shift. And so for me, that's when I started, started slowly inching my way towards the, the word God, which I was absolutely allergic to mm. before then, mm -hmm. you know, I associated it with all of this very unhealthy uh, religious, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, we can, a <laughs> uh, whole other topic, but yeah, so I, I so, so anyway, so it sort of shifted from, from this impersonal universe concept to a personal uh, div divine field. And, and then the word God started making more sense to me. Um, yeah, and it still is, you know, it's a pretty charged word to use. But in any case, and so the last few years, it's been really, I've been diving into mystical uh, Christianity and it's kind of blowing my mind. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so deep in it right now. And I'm still kind of like, you know, I had such, um, yeah, such a wounding with Christianity, mm, yeah. which I actually have left out of the story, but I had such a wounding with it that it feels huge to be actually reintegrating that, you know, and it's part of our cultural heritage. And anyway, I could say more, but that was a very long uh, explanation of my no, spiritual path. That's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, I want to go into like, like more things that I just picked up on that I'm really curious about. Um, yeah, amazing. It's so beautiful. And you know what what really like caught my attention was like when you were saying that in the teenage years already you, you were doing this telepathy um um experiment like I'm just curious about that like if you can just kind of elaborate elaborate and explain more about that sure sure you know I've been I've been thinking I really would like to do that again anyway mm -hmm. um so I, I might set that up so basically I just sort of like <laughs> 
kind of kind of forced all, the, all my friends to get into this and I uh, was like right this is how we're going to do it and we 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 would we would sit in pairs and one person would be the sender one person would be the receiver and I should note we were doing this in our school uh prayo I don't what do you call that in English like the you know the, the communal area <laughs> so there'd be music playing there'd be loads of kids running around us whatever it was like a really hard place to do what is effectively like intense meditation but anyway uh it was it was a good training ground so yeah there'd be a, a sender and a receiver and at the beginning we just did it with basic shapes like circle square triangle uh rectangle mm -hmm. maybe hexagon and um and you know and we just and I guess we were I guess there were like six of us who were doing this and you know and we'd swap partners and what and we'd swap sender receiver roles and we just yeah, we started like having success with that. Um, and so then we switched to the alphabet mm. um, and or maybe we did numbers in between. I think maybe we did numbers in between, just like like one to ten or one to nine. Um, and then and then we went to the alphabet anyway. And we, we were just we it was it was it was wild. Like it was wild how quickly we got good at it, oh, you know, wow. and it was just like for me, I was always just the, the concept of telepathy for me it was always obvious mm -hmm, that we've, mm -hmm. we're in a web of energy right. and that everything is connected therefore and that everything can be transmitted like that just wasn't a weird thought for me mm -hmm. so I was kind of like absolutely sure that telepathy was a thing but it's another thing still for my you know western materialist <sighs> rationalist mind right. to actually experience it and be like oh holy shit this actually works you know? <laughs> so oh my god it was really cool that's so yeah. amazing I have to do that so you were basically just sitting in 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 meditation and like yeah. one person yeah. was or like I mean yeah just, so yeah so yeah so basically the 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 sender would visualize mm. um in the um what do we call it like sort of the black screen in front of the eyes when you've got your mm -hmm. eyes closed mm -hmm. you know um would visualize the the shape, you know, and we start with shape. So visualize a triangle and just visualize it really, really intensely. Wow. So that in any case, that like that's just very strong concentration, right? right? And yeah. you're just like your all of your attention, so all of your energy is is creating this shape, you know, mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. some in some dimension of energy, right? Right. Um, and so and that is then available to be picked up by the the receiver wow who who is also you know has their eyes closed mm -hmm. and is like looking at that black screen um and and would then see it there oh my god so not complicated yeah, no, right no, exactly complicated yeah, yeah. exactly that's so amazing that's so amazing and and yeah I mean for me I also I, I mean obviously it's obviously a thing right <laughs> and I just believe again, as as everything, we just forget. We're we forget, and we're so distracted with all of the things. And but yeah, if we just practice it, all of that can come back. And yeah, I, that's definitely something I want to mm -hmm. keep doing, <laughs> or like start doing. Actually, <laughs> like really, yeah, consciously. Yeah, and you know, the next level of that is um, stuff that I was doing with Thomas Huber. I don't know if you're familiar no, with him. No. He's actually, he's an Austrian um, spiritual teacher mm -hmm. who in the last few years has become very, very heavily oriented towards um, collective trauma, okay. but he's a mystic. And in the days when I was doing a lot of stuff with him, it was, there was a lot of um, explanation of energy mechanics and um, mystical principles. And it was really, really cool. And I miss it. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so what we would do is we did a lot of triad work mm. and we would do um, what he calls readings. So we would, we would, two of us would be reading and the, uh, and the one person would be the, the one being read. And that would also be like sinking into a meditative state um, if by agreement, you know, you could maybe have a hand on the person's knee mm -hmm. um, and there would be, you know, a topic or a question um, that we would be sitting with for this person. And that was, you know, and so there it's like it's open intuition. Thomas always says, like, you know, your, your body, like imagine that all of your um, all of your your skin cells are receivers mm. that are eyes. Oh, wow. So you're receiving with your whole body. Mm. And he also says, you know, all the information about a person past, present, future, ancestral, going back forwards and backwards is right there in this person in front of you right now. 
So, you know, you open yourself to that and you sit with the question and then you have stuff that comes, which is sometimes freakishly like so so and I would know I noticed when we would do that I would often have I would often get um because you you do it with closed eyes really because yeah. it's just easy right um I'd often get a visual as well you know and I'd sometimes get stuff where I'd be like I don't know what this is but you know okay, I'm going to describe it blah and then it'd be like it would be a thing that would make sense to them like a vase that their grandmother had or some you know like crazy shit oh, like wow. that and you're just like okay so that's really cool right when you can like when we can actually like reflect back the messages that we're getting intuitively who knows how it's another discussion um to each other right oh wow. and so so I want to start doing that stuff again because that also actually the very first workshop I ever did in Brussels which I think was 2013 we we I had people who'd never really done any kind mm-hmm. of spiritual work and I just threw them in at the deep end because I was brutal back then <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> right, you're going to do readings. And they were like, whoa. I didn't and sign I could up see for that. The, yeah, exactly. I could see the terror on their faces. And I was like, it's going to be absolutely fine. This is completely, you know, like, and obviously like zero expect- expectations. This is fun. It's an experiment. It's playful, da, da, da. You know, let's just like see, you know, what comes. Yeah. If something comes, if nothing comes, cool. Um, but man, they they did it. And they, they all left mind blown wow. at how easy it is right exactly oh my god that's so amazing wow I just get chills all over my body but it's kind of like also like tapping into the Akashic records right because it's you know I mean if you want to give it a name I don't know like I guess because it's all just there it's all present oh wow that's so amazing I love that yeah oh wow yeah and I feel like you know I I mean I've been thinking this for the last year or two like that I want to start doing these um I mean I'm saying I don't know if it's a priority but sort of um like psychic psychic ability labs you know like where we where we just practice this stuff um and just just to to, well to remind ourselves and to practice it as an ability but also because I think for people who haven't done energy work you know or um or plant medicine or haven't kind of really had Mm -hmm. many direct obvious you know psychic or um uh what else do we call them well uh, yeah non uh, non non-ordinary consciousness experiences (laughs) you know it's like it's such an easy way to 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 just tap them back into the fact that the fabric of this world is energy Mm -hmm. and and is you know when we don't understand it, it feels very magical. I mean, I would still use that word for me, but I'm kind of more and more unpacking what it is and how, how does it work and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. But, you know, for me, it's so, it's such a, like, you know, the one of the reasons that we're in the state that we're in, in our world mm-hmm. is because we've become totally uncoupled from, oh. from wonder and enchantment and awe, the awe mm. of, that should be a normal state you know, but, but because of what we live in and because of what we are and because of what we can do. And it's, I feel like just, just giving people a taste of that and reminding them, hey, this is the field that mm. you exist in. Everything is possible here. Exactly. Everything is, but you know, just like, <sighs> just getting people's minds and hearts to just open, even just a crack is revolutionary. Mm. Oh my God, totally. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And you know, the crazy thing is because we believe oh yeah, you know, you have to be special to do that. And it's like, no, we all have these abilities because as you said, it's all there. The possibilities are there. We just have to tap into. And, and what you just said, like to kind of like, yeah, also remind people of the of that um, that magic, quote unquote, right? Or like that, this, yeah, it is, wow. And because I, I just think about that also, especially lately, I've been thinking about that. And it's like, you know, just, just to see like an insect or whatever it is like, or, or, or some sort of like, you know, lightning or the light, how it comes in, you know, just that, you know, it just really always keeps me in like such, wow, like look how amazing that is. And exactly, I feel like, you know, because it just became so normal, quote unquote. And, and also like, we kind of like look for an, an explanation. Well, that's because the light does it like, yeah, but it's still there and isn't it isn't that amazing and yeah I feel like it's it's really just that it really just gone missing 
like just mm. yeah so yeah yeah and I think you know a big part of the reason for that is because we're most people are walking through their lives in a sort of state of um zombification mm -hmm. so, right? yeah. so I was joking I was speaking with my new friend the priest the other day yeah and, which I want um, to know more joking, about you know well. it's like people to, people yeah, yeah. Later. Um, <laughs> you know and I, I was like you know people talk about the zombie apocalypse so it's like well we're in it yeah. we're in it yeah, totally. As, you know like look at look at people's eyes in the streets they're not there so you know and and for me like this this concept of presence this kind of it's almost it's spoken about so much I feel like it's lost its bloody meaning mm, but for totally. me you know when you're talking about like seeing the way the light comes through the trees and how it's reflecting off all the leaves and the bark and the, you know, the floor, the forest floor, like all this, it's such a rich, so I would call that depth of experience. Mm, yeah. Right. Like it's like, and, and, and that's sort of this, yeah, I, I've kind of stopped talking about presence and I talk more about like availability to experience. How mm, available mm. are we to the moment that we are in? How available are we? to to see everything that is in front of us and not only see it but perhaps engage with it to actually dive into it and become part of it right you know so that when you're standing there in that forest clearing and the light is coming through the trees you're not a passive observer that's just like oh that's some nice light mm. coming through trees just like you're in it you become aware that you're part of that field and the light is also falling on you and also reflecting off you and the trees are in in an energetic way at least witnessing you you are mm. part of this scene that is a living moment yeah and I'm like well holy shit you know like that's how I mostly walk around in my life and so I am constantly in this state of like wonder and devotion <laughs> and I'm and and I yeah it's, and I'm like yeah, because I feel like almost presence is sort of, it just sounds kind of dry and kind of just like like a hard thing and you just have to meditate loads mm. to get there. And it's like, mm, that's, you know, in a way you can talk about that as meditation, sort of the up and outward masculine path. Right, exactly. Um, to the divine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the in and down path, the feminine yeah. path is immersing yourself more into life. It is diving deeper into life. It is saying, yes, mm. I am here. I am willing. Yeah, you know, and not not just willing to like show up as a witness or an observer. Mm -hmm. No, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to wash your feet. I'm willing to bind the wounds. I'm willing to hold you when you're broken. Mm. That's the feminine part. Oh yeah. Oh man, I love it so much. That's so beautiful. I love how you describe that. And yes, I could just feel it in in, in with every fiber of my body. And exactly, and I I also believe that I never really thought about that. But now that you put it like that, it's like presence. It's that. It's it's also just like coming into our heads, right? It's like okay, I'm present, so you're aware. But it's like no, like exactly immerse yourself into the experience, feel it, be the experience, mm. and that is totally different. And I, I'm actually also like that. Like, and I mean, of course, that has, has changed so much over the years. And like in this last few years, it's like yes, I'm like when I walk around, I am I am that. I'm like just. Oh yeah, you just described it so beautifully. I, I could not put it so beautifully, but yeah, I just, I could feel it. I could totally feel it. And I feel like that's, that's it. Like that's what we, yeah, that's what it's all about to be in it, to feel that and to really be part of this experience and, and know that we, and also, yeah, that's something else that, you know, we, we are part of it. Our actions, everything is also impacting, it has an impact and in, in influencing everything that is happening around us. Like we're not exactly, we're not separate. We are, we are all of that. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, oh, it's, yeah, when you say that, I'm like, that, you know, that Thich Nhat Hanh concept mm -hmm. of, uh, of interbeing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it's like, I love that, because it's really, it's like, we're not just interconnected. Interconnected, I can go to a forest and be like, well, I'm interconnected, Meh, yeah, what does that mean? Interbeing mm -hmm. is like, yeah. you know, my, our being, you know, I it is is one in a you know in a sense, and even at a more fragmented level, it's like my being in the forest changes the forest. Exactly. It is not nothing. I am not like I'm. You know, I'm not in some kind of bubble that's separate. Even if I feel like that, that is not true. Mm -hmm. You know, and but yeah, and what you said about you know be like becoming becoming the moment also is you know this 
which I feel is such an important point, right? It's like this, and we mentioned the word embodied before, including the body, including exactly. the body, including the body, which it feels like, for, I mean, I'm a very, you know, a heady person by nature. So I've really had to practice this, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, same. And, um, and, and, and find that, you know, just, just the, the reminder reminder to include the body like okay yeah I'm here present like looking at the light and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's like you know warming my heart maybe okay what happened like how does it feel on my skin you know how warm or cold do I feel how what does my energy feel Mm -hmm. like is it like getting a bit tingly is it grounded is it you know am I lifting up is it how you know all these all these the flavor and texture of the experience in the body is there any part of my body I'm feeling more strongly right now you know it's just it's and it's and this is also you know so so important in terms of just like when we start practicing doing that then we you know in terms of I mean and this is maybe a bit more technical but like having our crown chakras open Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and and bringing bringing in the light or the the energy however you want to conceptualize it bringing it in for a lot of people it kind of just stops at like yeah. you know in the head exactly. in our society yeah. slowly slowly mm-hmm. we're we're like okay let's it needs to come down into the heart mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like no well if we want to be embodied it actually has to come all the way down to the perineum exactly it has to go through the pelvis and if it goes through the pelvis we wake up the pelvis mm. and then our experience of life starts to include this erotic dimension mm-hmm. yeah totally and then we're freaking talking, right? Mm-hmm. Then spirituality mm-hmm. is actually about being a whole human instead of being just a head that's like, yes, I'm in contact with the divine. <laughs> like, oh. That's not the point, you guys. Exactly. That's not the point. Exactly. Oh, totally. And it just kind of like goes into also like, because I'm all about womb, um, womb work. And it's basically also that. It's like going into our womb, like into the depth and exactly not just being with the head up in, in the divine, but like, I, I feel like, yeah, in order to, to, to awaken and ascend, like we need to descend and it's all exactly, it's all part, it all, it's all part of the, of the game in a sense, like it's interplays, it's like a dance and we, we need to go into the depth in, in order to fully experience the whole experience of life and to, yeah, not just be aware of it like intellectually, but to feel it like in ourselves and that's exact that's a whole other experience of life and mm. yeah it's just it's just so beautiful it's so beautiful and mm. but what I also um what you touched on before about this kind of like zombie a cup a pop a cup oh my god now I just I can't even <laughs> say the word uh, apocalypse yeah you got it yeah <laughs> Oh my god um yeah and and I also believe that it's kind of like it is also by design like everything is like by design to disconnect us separate us and divide us from the divine I I you know that's just something that I have been thinking about the other day it's really it just happens already at birth like we are being disconnected and separated from from source you know like when a baby is being born and who is born, let's say, in a hospital, like the doctors take it away to do all the stuff instead of bringing it to the source, right? And like the mother, the source, and that's where it gets, like where where it receives that bond and all of this connection. And so already by, as we're being born, we are being disconnected and separated. And of course, and that like, that stays. And so we are already like disconnected from the start. So it's, it's about remembering about coming back and, and, and yeah, coming back to that connection. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 for sure. I, I, I completely agree. I feel like, you know, lately I've been looking at our systems through the lens of empowerment Mm. and disempowerment. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, holy shit. All of our systems are effectively disempowering. Yeah. Mm. disempowerment 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 everywhere you look disempowerment then we 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 integrate that then we learn to disempower each other the the whole thing's a shit show right and and for me at this point I'm like this empowerment empowerment and awakening basically the same thing yeah oh yeah totally yeah that's so true you know Mm -hmm. and so so I'm like well anything that is disempowering is keeping us from truth yeah 
So it is keeping us from awakening. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, we need radical change, obviously, mm-hmm. on all levels. Mm-hmm. But most fundamentally, most fundamentally, we have to be willing to step into empowerment, true empowerment, and to accept and embrace the responsibility mm-hmm. that comes with that. And that's the biggest challenge I see for our society because people do not want we have such an infantile society people do not want responsibility they want to give it off here there everywhere you know it's just this this sort of like father complex Mm -hmm. of um here you go you you're you're in charge of my well-being my health my financial security my material security my spiritual security my whatever you want to call it you know and that that used to be religion and Mm -hmm. now it's the state yeah but it's the same psychologically it's the same process and it is this refusal to accept sovereignty this refusal to accept our power and Mm. our responsibility and and yet right and yet people want they want the payoff they want what it looks like you know Mm -hmm. they they everyone wants that that the nice the nice shiny aspect of uh, you know being um being truly sovereign but 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 most people at this point in time are not willing to do what is necessary to, to accept the other side of that coin, which is the the radical responsibility oh, exactly. for our lives. Yes. Mm, I just love it because that's that's that word is really for me, it has been coming up more and more. It's like that radical self uh, yeah, radical self-responsibility. It's like so important. And and yeah, it's like we were such in a like also like a victim state. Like it's so we're so victimized. Like, oh yeah, I, you know. Um, poor me like oh why does is this happening to me it's like no exactly we need to take self-responsibility because everything that actually kind of comes our way is our responsibility like in some way we created that right and we we brought it into our lives so if we want to change like yeah we need to change we need to do the work and yeah and, and I feel like that's another thing that I believe that right now it's like really it shows who really does the work you know it, it's always easy you know to to say oh yeah you know I'm spiritual I do all of this but then when shit really hits the fan that's when you can see who is actually really there in integrity doing the work and 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 who is completely self-responsible and mm. yeah it's it's like we're it's such a crucial time to like all everything is falling all the masks are falling I mean yeah like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I I, I want to bring in like some gentleness to that as well mm. because a lot of people will hear this kind of responsibility thing and yeah. everything you know you're responsible for and, and have this kind of like um yeah Resistance. you know a, a retreating movement right right yeah exactly yeah. and and it, it's like well it, you know it is always if we stay in humility mm. it's our lives are a co-creation yeah. we are not a hundred percent responsible oh. but we are 50 mm-hmm. percent responsible mm-hmm. you know and that's that's all that is asked of us is that we we take the 50 percent that is really ours mm-hmm. and that we are genuinely open and willing to listen for the other 50 percent which is the piece that is that's where you find the answers of like well why is this difficult thing arising in my life where where is the you know where is the um the teaching or the you know the the opportunity the invitation for transformation Mm -hmm. that will be of service to me because and this is sort of just a a general reframing of our perspective to go from I am a victim of life to life is always happening for me Mm -hmm. for me yes whatever is arising in my life is happening for me there is a gift in here mm, no matter mm-hmm. how hard it feels yeah and that's you know again that's that kind of is a much more mature way of engaging with life as a responsible sovereign mm. <laughs> mature human being and we just we're not taught that yeah you know we're not taught that so an, an interesting experiment is just to to look at our lives and just to see where am I still victimizing myself because we all have mm. blind spots mm-hmm. with this right and for me this is remains a really useful practice and where mm. occasionally I'll you know it's usually if there's an area where I'm feeling a bit stuck or it's feeling a bit tight um very often there's something in there where I'm I'm deflecting responsibility mm. or where I'm making myself a victim and it's like oh how interesting you're victimizing yourself there <laughs> right, right you know and 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 to and to acknowledge, like, the second we claim responsibility, we are no longer in victimhood. Yeah. We are automatically empowered. Mm. And when you're empowered, you then have agency. 
And then you can change whatever you want to change. As long as you stay in the victimhood piece, you know, the, the victimhood state, you're powerless because you're telling yourself that you're powerless. Mm -hmm. So you're powerless. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for just bringing that in. That was so beautiful. Yeah, very beautifully said. Totally, totally agree with that. Mm, yeah, yeah, that feels like it feels good, right? And and that's the thing. Like, isn't that how amazing is that? Like, yeah, we can like do that, right? And and it's just yeah, it's just so empowering. <laughs> it's so empowering. Mm, yeah. yeah totally wow yeah that, that's amazing and oh I mean I could go on and talking about this but I really I have like some other like questions or like things I would like to actually know from you like um you know what you were saying also uh, that lately you've like your new friend the priest like how how is that I really want to know more about that and like yeah how your yeah your relationship to spirituality and 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 Christianity, you said, like more into myst you were more into the mysticism of Christianity. Like, I really want to know more about that. I'm really curious. Mm. Yeah. So I guess I'll preface it by saying I'm not into Christianity. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of struggles with um, a lot of you know the doctrine and and obviously there's mm. the whole wounding of the crimes of the church, mm -hmm. which like no reparation has been made for any of the crimes, as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, there's, there hasn't been any reparation made. And, and I believe that this is, you know, a big collective trauma that yeah. we carry in the West. So there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and in any case, for me, like I'm only really interested in the mystical level of any tradition. <laughs> That's just where mm -hmm. I go straight away. Um, and you know and it's about for me it's always it's always been and always will be about direct experience mm -hmm. direct experience direct revelation because I just don't trust anything that anybody else says I'm like I don't care I don't care what comes out of another human that's your that's already an interpretation mm -hmm. I want to know truth and the only way I can know truth is through my own system yeah. so everything gets run through my system and then if it feels like truth in my system for me it's truth and and if it doesn't then for me, it's not truth. And it's, it's super simple. So yeah. yeah, that kind of freed me up to just explore a lot, which has been the way of spirituality. It's been very exploratory. So at this point, yeah, with the, the Christian mysticism, I don't even know where to start, but I guess I, I started really exploring it five years ago-ish, reading a lot of books, reading you know, the Gnostic Gospels, mm -hmm. which are still unacknowledged by the church. Mm. And, right, and so, um, and which are very, very non-dual. Right. Um, and, and then also reading a lot of um, channeled books, uh, past life regression accounts of that time. Um, I mean, the time when Jesus was here mm -hmm. in physical form. And, you know, the, it, it's just extraordinary, you know, the, 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 the overlap or what's the right word the the consistency um with which things are described and the and, and yeah and then in terms of um christianity itself you know there's some i i really did that whole throwing out the baby with the bathwater thing mm -hmm. you know but when i was very young very young um and and now i'm starting to having these conversations with this priest he's the head priest of the totnes area and um and I'm discovering like, oh, there's, there's actually some really cool shit in here. <laughs> you know, it's like some really, uh, yeah, interesting distinctions. And so the thing with the, the relationship with this priest is that he's, he's a mystic. Mm -hmm. He's a total freaking mystic. And he's, he's a complete like Christian rebel. But he, he told me that he, uh, he wrote an essay at school where he called the church the Antichrist. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so you get me. That's like, we, we were like, you know, um, and he said, yeah, if somebody told me, you know, back then that in 10 years time, I would be a priest, I would have ripped their arms mm -hmm. off. Wow. So, so that's, you know, where he comes from and he's absolutely, and he, you know, he's into like exploring lots of different faiths and traditions, absolutely interested at the mystical level, mm -hmm. like seems to have done a lot of work um a, a lot of um learning also with the orthodox traditions mm -hmm. and those i'm discovering are really interesting because they still incorporate a lot more of the practices 
that were part of the early Christian church. Like, so the body is really involved, right? Mm -hmm. They do prostrations, they do chanting, they do like um, a lot of things that are really more about like including the body. Um, And yeah, so there's, I need to explore that more. Um, And they also still use um, a lot of the like original Aramaic texts Mm -hmm. so if you you know are into a little bit like the sound healing and you know uh, mystical power of 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 sound the the ancient languages are a completely different beast to modern languages completely different and so we you know sanskrit many people are familiar with Mm -hmm. the concept Mm -hmm. of sanskrit has these um you know like sacred sounds sacred syllables Mm -hmm. that they're you know and, and that, that have healing capacities, that yeah. it, there's something about the frequency of that tone, of that sound, of the syllable um, that has healing capacities. So the same is true basically of all the ancient languages, as far as I know. So certainly with Aramaic. And for me, <laughs> hearing, hearing like just the Lord's Prayer, say, in Aramaic, mm. in comparison with English, and I have a relationship with it in English, which, which is beautiful one and it nourishes me but hearing it in Aramaic is like yeah oh I can imagine oh it lands in a completely Mm -hmm. different place Mm -hmm. there is a transmission Mm -hmm. that is coming through those syllables where you don't actually need to understand rationally what's being said it lands it so actually um we had two weeks ago Jim the priest gave a talk um where he was he was talking about uh, night vigils you know this tradition that you find all over the world of praying worshiping at night mm-hmm. in, particularly between the hours of 12 and 3 a.m right. so really like the dark mm-hmm. night the darkest time of night and um yeah very interesting um and what he he then brought in this this practice of prostration you know so like so kneeling on the ground putting your forehead on the ground mm-hmm. um standing back up doing it again you know and and there are some hand gestures involved in any case and he 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 um demonstrated this for us then really slowly and with deep presence and devotion three times and he did it whilst reciting um i think it's the holy of holies mm-hmm. in aramaic wow and he literally he said the first word and i i just was in floods and I didn't have a clue what he was saying, you know, but the, the, and I think it was partly also because he, he is so devotional mm. and I've never seen a man hold that much devotion. And just that for me felt deeply healing just to, to have, to feel like the kind of devotion that I very, very often feel that, that can be super ecstatic, but it can also be, it can, it can be kind of overwhelming sometimes. Right. Um, but to feel that, mm in a man and um and then and then the other part i think is the the transmission of of this of this language which is just profound anyway so that there's so much to i'm learning so much you know i've uh, we're having these meetings where i can just question him about everything so like questioning him about the whole trinity thing and and he goes into this mystical explanation of you know and 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 brings out an icon and is like you know and it's very He's got such an integral perspective on it. He's completely like, you know, head, heart, gut. It's always got to be the three, like included mm-hmm. and whatever. And, um, I had a very frank, I tried going to a Sunday service a couple of weeks ago and it was nightmarish. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I remember that. And then, yeah, I don't know if you want to go into that as well or, or not, but I'm also curious about that. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, in the context here, it kind of makes sense. So I, I went to this Sunday service and it was, you know, within 10 minutes and I thought it was going to be given by Jim and it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> so, and it was, you know, within 10 minutes, I was like, oh my goodness, when is it going to end? Please just be over. Please just be over. Um, and it was an hour long, you know, so it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, but, uh, but I made it through. And um, in any case, and Jim, Jim's wife was there mm-hmm. and, and she told him, that I had been there and he said when we we had our next meeting that week and he said you know my heart sank when I heard that you'd been (laughs) so he knew he knew (laughs) that I was gonna hate it and he knew why Mm, because then we unpacked I was like how frank can I be and he was like completely so I was extremely frank about how I felt you know and just the the lack of aliveness the lack of vitality Mm -hmm. of dynamism of joy of light I'm like where's the light what the hell is the point? How can you how can you possibly have 
a, a container that is meant to be connecting people more deeply mm. with the divine and have it have there be no light yeah and, and all this emphasis on sin and suffering and victimhood oh my god we're over it of course nobody's coming of course there's only eight people here nobody this is this is not relevant for our times exactly you know, the church is not meeting the needs of the world yeah and you know and 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 it's such a shame because the original you know the message that the teacher Yeshua came mm -hmm. to give us. We still haven't. We still haven't embodied that. We still haven't integrated it. Exactly. We still need to understand what he was talking about and what he was showing us. You know, so we still need that message, but we do not need it through the vehicle of the church, mm -hmm. unless the church radically reforms, which, to be perfectly honest, is not looking that bloody likely. And we needed <laughs> <Nope>. to reform <laughs> like yesterday. You know, exactly. So. Um, so anyway, the cool thing is that I, you know, I was extremely frank about all of this and obviously the need to, to reintegrate the body and sexuality mm -hmm. and deal with mm -hmm. that whole freaking uh, elephant in the room. And he was 100% he agreed with everything. Wow. And we're going to open a container where we start doing this work <gasps> in a church. Oh, my God. In the church. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I, I know. I, I could know. Come. That is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And he's got a lot of, you know, because he had the idea anyway to um, open a container so that where we could look at Christian mysticism sort of from the Aramaic and Syriac mm -hmm. traditions, which he seems to know a lot about. And I'm like, that's already so, so cool. And you know, I want this really integral. I want integral. And I told him the name that came to me was Gnostic Church. Mm. Because that's what that's what we're in, right? People like modern Western people do not want to be told what the divine is. We, we are beyond that. Like our consciousness, if you, you're into spiral dynamics, like we're, mm. we're at a place of consciousness where that model does not work for us anymore. Right. Um, it's had its time. It's time is over, you know, and we're mm, at a place now mm. where we demand, we demand that revelation from within, you know, we otherwise known as gnosis, yeah. knowing from within. So the only way that you get that is direct experience, yeah. you know, so you can read, for example, you can read a mystical text, but you, you don't analyze it from your head. Mm -hmm. You analyze it. How is it in my heart? How is it in my gut? What happens in my body? What, what energetic sensations happen? You know, what, like what emotions come up, etc. Like you, you, you have a, a deep embodied energetic engagement yeah. with, with those words. And then, you know, you might get something from it that actually means something to you, you know? Right. It's, it's anyway. So it's, there, yeah, there are so many, and using the voice, using movement, mm -hmm. all of this. So it's really, it's like, we're going to have a first meeting on Wednesday to, to, yeah plan and it's, oh. it's just it's I'm like it, this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened in my entire life I'm just like I can't believe I get to do this and with this guy who is so wise and learned and maybe he really feels like a real spiritual elder and yeah that's another thing I've been craving my whole mm -hmm. life and not finding much of to be honest oh wow that is so beautiful and and how did you meet how did you find him well I felt yeah that was beautiful <laughs> beautiful synchronistic yeah, I can imagine. So I, when was it it must have been it was when I just got back um from my last visit to Germany at the beginning of July and I was um I and this is super I do not spend much time on Facebook um and I I guess I'm I'm in a group that's or a pay no it's a group I guess for like Totnes events mm -hmm. And I got a notification, you know, sometimes in your, in the mm -hmm. notifications thing, it'll tell you like someone posted in this yeah. group, whatever. And I obviously, something caught my eye and I clicked on that. And that day there was an interfaith event at the church that was all about the crisis of meaning. And I was just, I actually had an event that I was facilitating, that I was hosting that slightly clashed with that. And I was just like, I I have to go to this. Like, this is my topic. I have to be there. It was so loud in me. It was just like, I have to be there. I will, I will do whatever. And, um, and so I, I did. And I, and I went there and that was the, the, you know, a series of interfaith meetings that's being organized by these two absolutely really, really lovely um, people who also feel like elders who are just, mm. just wonderful, wonderful people. It's being organized by them, but Jim is a big part of it. Like he wants, you know, he wants the church to really be, um a container for the community right. so to have it opened up so that these interfaith events are happening so that's where I met him 
for the first time. And you know, we had we, there was a sharing afterwards, and what he shared it was so humble and real and authentic. And I was like, oh, I you know you can you can hear mm -hmm. you can hear so you can basically hear everyone everything about somebody's soul yeah. through their voice. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, this guy this guy's interesting I trust this guy mm -hmm. I like him and then we did um organized by somebody else a, a little pilgrimage um and Jim was on that pilgrimage and you know and then I got to talk to him a little bit more and and I was like yeah I really I really like this guy and it was very tentative you know I was really just like I don't have much experience of priests but I kind of I think I have an inherent distrust mm. <laughs> which you know according to like that Sunday service like that's exactly you know exactly makes yeah. sense right where it comes from mm. yeah because every also everyone that I that my friends and my mom that I told about that Sunday service they were just like yeah that I mean that's what I think of when I think of Sundays like that when I think of church like that's exactly it you know and I'm like but it shouldn't be like that mm. anyway um anyway yeah so he he is not he does not fit that mold and he yeah it's really interesting he's only been in Totnes for a year and obviously most of that was lockdown mm. so he hasn't had the chance to really mm. do that much and change that much right. and also the priest who was there before him was apparently like everyone's favorite human being um and so and he's obviously going to be modernizing and changing things mm. and, and he's already said something about like some people don't you know like struggle with change blah like, yeah uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> but um yeah wow. yeah that is yeah and the other thing actually yeah so well just to finish mm -hmm, the, the mm -hmm, how we yeah, met thing please, yeah. um because I guess it feel, yeah it feels relevant um after that pilgrimage we we ended the pilgrimage actually in a church we went from one church to another church mm -hmm. um and we had a little like non-traditional afternoon service and there is something so I have I have various weird things that happen to me in churches and around the whole Christianity thing and it's getting weirder and weirder and I've kind of just been like I don't really know what to do about this and that during that service um I was I finally got to a point where I was like you know what I you have to do something about this mm. take action you need help you know um and so and I spoke to Jim at, at the end and was like you know is it possible to have a, a meeting with you mm -hmm. and uh because I was like, I think this is something priests do. I'm like, not really. <laughs> it's like, and I'm not a Christian. Like, can I just go and talk to this priest? I don't know. Anyway, he said yes. You know, and then he, yeah. And then we had this, the, like our first meeting, I was able to just tell him the, about these, these strange experiences that, I, that I'm having in relationship with, uh, to broad, broadly, well, to, with the church and with the Jesus story. Mm -hmm. Let's put mm -hmm. it that way. Because I, I, I had a really strange experience when I was in Jerusalem two years ago mm. as well. That was a very embodied, very strange experience that I still can't really make sense of. And so, you know, and so it was and, and his 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 availability for that, you know, and the, the you know, he started talking about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And I you know, so I'm like, OK, cool. Like it's a priest who believes in reincarnation and who understands about energy right. and energy fields and collective trauma and like, OK, cool. <laughs> So, yeah. Wow. It's such a blessing to have met him. That is so beautiful. And kind of like, like coming back to the beginning where we started, like you, you definitely have to be there, right? In Devon and like to meet, you, you needed to meet him as well, right? It's like really just like bringing you closer to, yeah, to, to whatever it is, right? And that is so beautiful. I'm, yeah, I'm just, yeah. It, yeah, it, it really blows my mind on how, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just so beautiful. And to, you know, to notice also like that there is change, it's, it is happening, right? And, and it's not the way we probably think it's going to happen. Like, like you said, like, I think church itself, I mean, it's Christianity and all of that. It has been so distorted. It's not there where the change is going to happen. It's going to happen like, kind of like, not in the, in the underground, but yeah, it's like, you know, people who are, you know, willing to just change it and like, who know that there's a different way and just bring it out and share it that with the world. And, and I feel like that's how, that's how change is, is ultimately done. It's not about like trying to change something that is obviously never going to change, but it's like 
being that change and then like it ripples out and 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 people who resonate with that who feel um drawn to that they will come and then they again they will create that change somewhere else and then it ripples even more and in the end it's like weaving these changes together and like creates a um foundation of mm. yeah of something real right yes mm. yes yeah, a new web, a new way of mm. being. I mean, that's yeah. what we need, right? Exactly, a new way of being exactly. In the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just want to also say, mm -hmm. you know, that as much as as much as I am ideologically opposed to the concept of religion, mm -hmm. there is something I have found in religions that I have not found in the New Age world, oh. right? And it's it's like trying to put my finger on that has been hard, but it's something for sure around humility mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how much humility is there in the new age world bloody hell not very not very much in my experience right oh, and i'm like surely humility is like the number one value that you need to have if you are trying to come mm -hmm. into deeper communion with the divine yeah anyway so yeah humility and surrender and devotion you know the new age world is very it's very very egoic yeah oh um, yeah and this whole concept of you know de devotion and devotional surrender which is something i'm going to be opening a container mm. for soon um is is something yeah that th th these are concepts that i don't find in the new age so i really i feel like we need post-religion spirituality mm -hmm. and it is not new age spirituality it's distinct exactly oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah mm, totally so yeah and i feel like that would be a whole other podcast probably to talk about that new age <laughs> yes 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 definitely. well maybe we can do it at another time that would be so lovely yes, <laughs> yeah it would wow oh my god this has been so amazing thank you so much for for sharing all your wisdom and your your light it's just so beautiful it's just so wow i just feel like mm, yeah just feel oh. so good <laughs> oh. yeah thank you so it's been much. such a yeah it's been such a pleasure mm. having you know getting to be here with you and diving into these topics and it's so yeah we could we could talk for a long time yeah more. oh my god yeah we could keep going and going <laughs> yeah yeah again yeah. like but yeah thank you so much yeah thank you so thank much you. and also like i just wanted to like you know if you want to share maybe your instagram or your website so people can also find you because you you share so many amazing beautiful things and all your offerings that you share it's just yeah it's so devotional and that's the thing and that's what I have always loved about you it's because it really is embodied and it comes from your heart it's not about you know trying to do you know be someone it's just it really it, it comes from you and that's what I that's what I love and that's what I yeah what I feel like that's what will in the end create change is like when it comes from that space right so yeah mm. Thank you, Letty. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, it, it, yeah, like your your um, I'm gonna put it afterwards also in the description. So your Instagram is Radiant Devotion, right? Devotion. Correct. Yeah. And your Radiant Devotion. Mm -hmm. And your website, where can we find you? Yeah. So the the website is stephanielisakelly.com. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm gonna put it into the into the description so you can all find her and yeah find your beautiful work and again thank you so so much Steph for being here for your beautiful heart conversations and yeah thank you and yeah thank you all everyone for um also everyone for tuning in and looking forward to sharing more very soon bye bye